One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not limited to. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Reports they are divided. For equal sequel pain and love they fight. I know that we are just musicians hired, and our time is up. So here's the nights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. And from the bottom of my heart, you're welcome. Knights of Helmet. Yes, that's right. We are not Knights of Vader this time. We are the Knights of Helmet. I think that's only fitting with the topic of discussion. This is Rob, your Bard of Helmet. And joining me is someone who always has coffee while he watches Radar, Zanger. Thanks for being here, Zanger. I thought we would be Spaceballs, the podcast. You know, you got to get that marketing up there. Okay, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. I like it, I like it. And also joining us is someone who hates yogurt, even with strawberries. I actually don't know if that's true. We have Russ as well. Thanks for being here. It's Bill Pullman, you fools! (laughs) (laughs) Before Sleepless in Seattle. (laughs) So... I think it's been said years ago at this point that Knights of Vader has always, or at least some of the Knights of Vader, have always wanted to discuss the Star Wars parody Spaceballs. We've done some other parodies in the past. I think that was uh, the first time I spoke with you, Russ, way back in the day. But now we're throwing away Richard Pryor, we're throwing away Thumb Wars, Dave Chappelle, we're focusing in on Mr. Good Old Mel Brooks. And Yay! Yeah, very exciting. This is a... A kind of, you know, I guess maybe a quarter of the way crossover to Cinemodities, because during the month of August in Cinemodities, we are doing our high-impact joke density series, where we're covering, covering spoof and parody movies. And when Whoa, I was, that's too many jokes! And when I was setting up the series, I was kind of like, oh, you know, Mel Brooks, gotta get him in there, Spaceballs comes to mind. And I knew I didn't really want to cover Spaceballs on Cinemodities because we had to cover High Anxiety. And so I threw the, uh, the line out to our Knights of Vader crew, and I said, hey, who wants to talk about this? And here we are. It's actually happening. So I'm glad you guys could be here. Uh, I think the first thing I want to start with, uh, if, there's, if there's no top-line Star Wars information you guys need to talk about because I'm totally out of the loop I'm, on that I'm stuff. sure we could do that as a separate thing at some other point because well, there is a well, lot well, we could. Hold on. Before we get into this, this is a little Schwartz business we might want to get into. Uh, have you guys heard about Ray Park? Oh, I I saw someone post about it in the Facebook group, and I was like, I don't know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> it is real. So Ray Park, on his own Instagram account, has been sending revenge porn of his wife or ex-wife, and it is it's terrible what's going on. And uh, I think we, we this is Night to Vader, so I guess we have to talk about this. And he posted a video of himself getting. Um, I don't know, some Schwartz action from his wife on his Instagram. Like, it's completely insane, and it stayed up there way too long. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. I, I did not know uh, it was that uh, egregious, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Probably will never have to reference it again. And I, I'm 
Disney cannot be happy with this. So I have to think any any future of seeing Ray Park in a solo spinoff or some Disney Plus show, that's not happening. He, he'll stay in the animated world, and that's going to be it. I don't think we'll ever see Ray Park you know, donning the horns again. Mm, well, okay. well, according to this, um, I, I'm not clicking on any of these sites because God knows where it's going to take me. Um, it says that uh, Ray Park's uh, that his Instagram was hacked, actually, th- th- four, four days ago. I, I would how- say that. I think it's comments that are from his daughter and his wife saying, no, he's a he's a jerk and he's doing this to get <laughs> revenge. And, uh, I mean, like Darth Maul is always up for revenge. And All right, that's bad. Sorry. So, so wait, can, I, can anyone edit in him, him saying we will have our, I mean, we will have our revenge? I'm, with, I'm sure with, you could find <laughs> that edit somewhere, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Never, never mind. There, there is comic book movie from 13 hours ago saying rumor mill. Uh, Lucas is moving forward without Ray Park. I didn't know he was that involved in anything anymore. It's gonna be As hard I to say watch that, that that scene where he says, "Soon we will reveal ourselves." You know, now I just I can't. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Oh man, th- th- this is an awful situation. I'm sorry I'm making it worse, but I mean, hmm. Now, nah, whatever. I mean, we just pointed out, and I think we'd be amiss. This is pretty huge. There's nothing like this has ever happened in, with a Star Wars, uh, pretty featured heavy actor before. That something this level of uh, of scum and villainy. <laughs> you just wanted to work in, I think, some of these very, very well timed puns. I feel like you. I feel like th- there's a whiteboard. You have puns written on it. You're <laughs> like, really... how can I get here? <laughs> it's yeah, a little easy. Like I think you just gotta watch episode just watch episode one or, or see a bunch of memes way too many times and it, it just writes itself at this point. Yeah. I mean, he did voice okay, he did voice Darth Maul and did motion capture, but no wait, he didn't voice he just no, did he motion the voice capture. In solo. It is him though. That is his body in solo. But he was. It, he's voiced by the guy who's that Matt Lantern or um, Sam. Um, Sa- Sam. Sam. Where were where were that one? Yes. The uh, um, Star Killer himself. Indeed. Yes, I got the reference in. It's like they're talking a different language, folks. <laughs> anyway, so that's space enough for the Darth Maul uh, Instagram update. Let's get to the, the the real, real dirty stuff now, and that is the Spaceballs. Yes. So, uh, I think uh, where should we should start, of course, is some context. Uh, I think, uh, thankfully, we've all seen it before. Uh, except, uh, I wanted to ask you this, Russ. I think before you got on, uh, Zenger and I were talking about how it's been a really long time since we had seen this movie. I know I saw it when I was a kid. I, I kind of loved it. It was my first interaction with Mel Brooks, I think, ever. And I loved the humor. I loved, you know, just the parody genre. And then it, I must have rewatched it a few times, but it's been a solid, like, 10 or 15 years since I've seen it. So I forgot a lot about it. Is that the kind of what you were saying as well, Zenger? Yes, um, it has been a long time since I've seen this movie in its entirety. I've seen like bits and pieces here and there, and I also enjoyed the um, Spaceballs, the animated series that aired on G Four back in like two thousand eight, sometime, which was just an animated version of them doing parodies of other stuff, Grand Theft Auto, Lord of the Rings, stuff like that. But that's not the discussion today. It's this. Um, I was introduced to Mel Brooks when I was young, girl. I got him old now, and uh, maybe too young, if if I might say so myself. But 
I, I kind of, watching these, it kind of reminded me of where some of my, like, origins and what I think is funny, and if I were to write stuff, like, how I would write it, and I'm like, I think my origins in comedy come from Mel Brooks, of just what I find humorous and what I find funny, because there was the one scene, and I completely forgot, like, a part of it, where he gets beamed up, and he, the, he comes in backwards, and then he gets sent back, and he just walks into the next room over. Like, it was, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I feel like there's a joke coming up about, like, that they're beaming him to somewhere ridiculously close. And, like, it, it's just that kind of humor to me is so funny. And this movie has so many, so many great Mel, Mel, Mel Brooks moments, the jam the radar. Um, there, there's plenty of others I'm sure we'll discuss, but it's just... I remember watching this made me remember. Yeah, this is where I got my style of humor from, and I really need to talk to my parents about when they let me watch things because I should not <laughs> have been watching a lot of these movies. This one, not so much. Blazing Saddles is a different story, but um, oh yeah, yeah, I was too young for those. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on, Russ. What's your history with uh, Spaceballs and I guess Mel Brooks? All right, well, Spaceballs. I know I saw this in the theater when it came out. I remember watching this with my cousins and. Is 1987? I think we were really starved for more anything Star Wars related. Mm-hmm. It was really nothing other than cartoons. So that seemed really exciting. I know I had seen, uh, I had at least seen uh, Young Frankenstein before this, and I knew that movie. And I really, really loved that movie. Still do. Probably my favorite. And, uh, and since then, same thing. It falls off. You see it on, and you go, oh, "Yeah, I remember that." I've never really sat and watched it. Uh, if sometimes it'd be on, I could I can remember looking and kind of rolling my eyes, but I'm not actually sitting and going through the whole experience again. It, it bring it back. It brought back a lot of memories of sitting and watching it initially, watching it all. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I think when I was a kid, I might have thought that part was stupid too. But that part, this part's still funny, right? Right on, right on. So I I'm glad you bring up the uh, the starved for Star Wars back in '87. Because, you know, when I reached out to you guys to discuss this, and when I was thinking about Spaceballs in general as a parody, I was definitely like, oh yeah, it's a parody of Star Wars. And I think the thing that was most surprising to me is that I I feel like I misremembered that, or maybe we've all misremembered that, because this, I don't think this is really like a parody of Star Wars. It's more of a parody of sci-fi movies, and Star Wars Mm -hmm. just happens to be the most popular sci-fi movie. And I I kind of was blown away by how, like, not Star Wars this story is. I know you guys might know of some weird uh, ex- uh, story in Star Wars, but the whole concept of, you know, Spaceballs has ruined their atmosphere and needs to steal the air of Planet Druidia, I'm like, that's that's not what I think of when I think of parodying Star Wars. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no. <laughs> it's... It's so weird because, yeah, it's so earthbound in so many things. I mean, it's it, it, not even unconsciously. I mean, you know, Bill Pullman, uh, is, he's just wearing a plaid shirt and a jacket. And I, I think he's supposed to be Indiana Jones and Han Solo with yeah. a little bit of Luke, too. He does. I think he does have the hat on in the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I picked up a lot of Indiana Jones vibes from this. That I'm like, I feel like they were trying to do this sideways cut at indiana jones or just that maybe um han solo and indiana jones being played by the same per by, by harrison ford and actually i just remember that there is a reference to yeah they there, do there, a the four galaxy ga- galaxy I, ford galaxy joke uh, yeah that, a super forced one you <laughs> there's a, there's I'm pretty a, sure a Ford galaxy here. was a car also yeah, during so, that yep. time so yep yeah. see his 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 jokes work on so many levels and like i said that's why 
I like them. Like my jokes. They work on so many levels. If you're not laughing, <laughs> then it's your problem, not mine. I, I did the joke perfectly. I, I think I'm becoming too much of a dad, too. Uh, when I watched all this, I was like, I was like, how the hell was this PG? There's F-bombs. There's, they would say, say it S. It was PG? Like, I thought it was R. Yes. There, there's definitely for sure one F-bomb. And everything is 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 not the language you would see in a PG movie. I was like, but it brought me back. I'm like, yeah, all the movies were like this. It's like the Monster Squad curse, the Goonies curse. Like, yep. this was all just common. They were like, if, there, if there's no, like, full frontal or anything, it's PG. I, I, am, I am needing to look this up now. Cause... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's PG, and it's it was still in that weird time because what PG-13 started in 1984, and like the years after that until I got to like to the early 90s, I think the MPAA was still like the we don't really loose. know what PG-13 is still is yet. It says no, yeah, PG. The world is different. It says PG on IMDb. Yeah, it's PG. It's it's totally PG. That's what just stood out to me. I was like. Uh, I guess I guess parents just didn't care too much at the time, or maybe that's what caused the whole. You uh, I mean this among tons of other things to have parents start putting the clamp down on stuff with the you know censoring, uh, or at least putting labels on CDs and stuff in the coming years and stuff. Yeah, back then you could say whatever you want in a PG movie. Well, I I know that in a PG thirteen movie now, if I'm remembering, I mean this might have changed, but you are allowed to use the f bomb. Once, yeah, once, mm-hmm. but it cannot be was referring. The same. It cannot be referring to the act of sex. It has to just be like just completely arbitrary. Because I remember there was like this one of the was scary arbitrary movies. in this one. There's one in this, and it's completely arbitrary. I, either Mel Brooks or Rick Moranis says it, and just told, like he, he didn't need to. He could have said the other one. He said a thousand times before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am shocked. I thought this would have been rated R for some reason. No, not at all. It just was a kid's movie. It's a, totally a kid's movie. I think it's because you saw the Pizza the Hut costume zinger. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Body I, 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 need to, I, I need to talk about that. I, I need to get that off my chest real quick. But um, I, I did notice that the UK version was edited to remove the F word, though. Uh, no one would even notice. Like I said, it's such a throwaway scene. Yeah, but yeah. Um, God, there there is a lot of random things on alternate versions of the movie, which basically revolve around the f word being in it. So, Pizza <laughs> the Hut to me, I don't know what it was, but watching it again, I'm like, I feel like this terrified me more as a kid, and I just forgot. Like, I think I'm like awoken some like terrifying <laughs> memories because. It what got me was I the w- okay because no 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 it wasn't the eyes I was too focused on the mouth because I'm like is that supposed to be his tongue is that someone's lower jaw I'm like trying to figure out what is that in the per in in Pizza the Hut's mouth and it was messing with me watching it this time and I'm like someone needs to answer this for me or it has to have messed with somebody else. Oh, it, it messed with me. I was definitely okay, like, good, freaking good. out I when feel I was watching now. it. I I couldn't pay attention to anything that was being said in that scene because I'm just watching Pizza <laughs> the Hut like bubbling over in this strange way and just cheese and pepperoni falling off of himself. And then what what got me also is at the end of the movie, the news report is like he ate himself to death. And I'm like, that's even <laughs> horrifying makes it even more horrifying. Where was his robot buddy? How did he get locked in there? That was the one. That was one of the cooler Star Wars things. I was like, yeah, I'd like to see some like gangster robot guy. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. That's what. That's he's probably he's my favorite character. What wasn't that sort of a Max Hedrum sort of 
like things yeah, do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I, I, I guess so. Up on that. Who the hell knows with Mel Brooks in this movie? Because so much stuff is just thrown in there. Uh, that's a good example. Like what was it's like? Oh, he's like a. It's like Mel Brooks has this. Just I'm gonna keep bringing this up. But he just has a vague idea. He saw Star Wars once, and he brought a notebook with him. And he was yep. like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna make a movie. Then all right, what is this? Yeah. Oh, he's an old gangster. All right, he's a gross gangster. Uh, yeah. His friend is. Uh, I don't know. He's he's a dude from the 30s, but he's a robot. Do go, go do that. Do that. There's robots in Star Wars. Perfect. <laughs> and, and and okay. If, if you want to really deep dive on what I was doing during that scene, I was sitting there watching it and ordering food at the same time. So. I don't know what that says about me. Is I was being completely <laughs> grossed out, but well, still hitting, delicious. It, but so. still ordering food, which was Chinese food, and I completely forgot about the fortune cookie thing. So I don't know. Maybe as I was telling Rob before we started recording, maybe subconsciously I, re- I knew there was a fortune cookie thing later in the movie. I don't know. See, it's just I, I feel like subconsciously see. this movie spoke to me. I'm starting to see why you didn't do this on Cinemodities, because you, you didn't want Pizza the Hut in any way involved <laughs> in anything with the uh, Cinemodities Cafe Emporium. Uh, <laughs> that that might be, if we had Pizza Hut in there, he might, you know, take over the restaurant or try to. It would be a, a thousand-year war type of thing. <laughs> so, are you a prince now, Zenger? Did you, uh, did you have yogurt in your, um, <laughs> yogurt in your fortune cookie? <laughs> Oh, I threw it out. I was about to say, I thought it was beside the desk, but I threw out the fortune cookie. I didn't even read it. It, it might have said, you're a prince, and I just threw it out. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I've, I've failed. Yeah, I, I forgot where, where that whole... Like I said, it's been so long since I've seen this. There were certain things I just completely forgot where it was going with stuff. And it's a Mel Brooks movie, so you know it's going to come out of left field every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. A lot of moments that I looked and I think I looked fondly on as a kid, I, re- I really kind of cringed at, like when the little Dink Dink Jawas came out, the whole scene where they crashed You can't in the make desert. this movie now. <laughs> and I'm watching it. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. And uh, and just that whole thing where it becomes the Wizard of Oz for five minutes. And, or this, it's, I got all this going on. And I'm looking at them and going, oh, no, cause so now it's the Tin Man and Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion. All right, got it. All right. And it's... I don't know what the. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. It's kind, of, it's kind of like I was saying before. You know, I remember this as a Star Wars parody, and it it's kind of way farther from that than I expected. The thing that really shocked me: there's no R two D two parallel. Like no, like we, that's we get too expensive. You could not. You couldn't pull that off. <laughs> but we get this this pizza bubbling pizza costume for a scene. <laughs> yeah, there is no R two D two analog. I'm sad now. And no, you know, not at all. Actually, I thought about that the entire time. It, 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 even as a kid, I think I remember being like, oh, I guess they're just going to combine the, those two, and uh, we just don't even need R2-D2. They don't even need Joan Rivers' droid either. She does nothing. She, she does. I don't think she helps the story once, besides just protecting the chastity of uh, Princess yeah. Vespa. Yeah. Um, just for this, the random jokes. and I, she, she She's basically there for Joan Rivers to riff. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. about it. <laughs> She really does nothing. She's really terrible droid on skates. Like, that is not a good droid design to just roll it around like that. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, Joan, I mean, I guess, you know, Joan Rivers, the comedian being friends with Mel Brooks, that type of thing. And then even what, there's like, in the few scenes that she has, you know, I think they're in the um, the car when they're escaping planet Juridia. And uh, she, uh, what's her name? Uh, the prince, Princess Vespa has the uh, like the yeah. buns over her ears, yeah. and Joan Rivers is like, can we talk? And it's like, okay, they just needed a scene to get her like uh, her routine gimmick in there. That was her like, famous line from back in the day. Can we talk? 
Uh, there, there, there was another thing that I thought was very funny where it was them walking in the desert and it was Lone Star walks by the camera, water, water, um, oh, Barf walks by, water, water, she walks by, oil, oil, and then Vespa walks by, room service. It was just, like, those, those kind of jokes, I think she's there for that kind of comedic relief to have those jokes thrown in. And to give, um... I guess Lone Star and Barf, and each of them has an opposite to play off of mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. scenes. And yeah, yeah, I gotta say, and a lot of stuff, a lot of it comes from her, but most of the characters, I, I had no idea that Druidia and him, it was just Mel Brooks. You know, this is Druish, Jewish. Like I didn't, yes. I didn't as a kid, I didn't know that. I mean, I grew up as a Catholic kid, I didn't really know that he was referencing that. And you catch all that, of course, as you get older. I mean, I was just a kid when I saw this. So. I didn't catch any of that. He put way too many jokes in there for people who like weren't gonna get them at the time. I don't think. Oh, but but when when you got them, you you got them. I I, I love the barf looking directly into the camera where he's like, well, she doesn't look. I was about to say Jewish. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones that I, I agree with you. I didn't pick them up when I was younger, but then it's kind of like they're they're so full frontal once you know. Oh yeah. What they are, type of thing. Well, it's it, it's Mel Brooks, so you gotta assume there's gonna be like about ten Jewish jokes in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, whether whether you get them or not, they're there. <laughs> so Mel Brooks in this, well, uh, I guess instead of other than yogurt, I should say um, the president, President Scrooge. Scrooge. Like he has, he's so I guess he's supposed to be like the the parallel of the more the analog of the emperor but he's nothing like the emperor in the no, slightest what is he supposed to be what is Scroob even a playoff of a Scroob balls is that supposed to be his name because he's space Screwball. balls Screwball. so I like I, I don't I was kind of wondering that too and the only thing I could think of is that it's just uh, Scroob is an anagram of Brooks and I was like, uh, that- oh, okay, well, <laughs> oh, God, that's even, oh, no. It has nothing to do with anything they're parodying. If his name was Screw Balls, the president of Planet, you know, Space Balls, I don't know. He didn't think was- it as much as we are right now. I don't think you put my name backwards. Now that makes total sense. He didn't think of anything for it. <laughs> well, I-, I was looking to see, because I'm like, in, in his other movies, because I know in, like, um, in Blazing Saddles, he plays two characters. So I was like, is it just the thing he did? But he only plays one character in. Uh, oh, never mind. In uh, History of the World Part One, he's various. So, yeah, but, he is only one in High Anxiety. Uh, Men in Tights is only one character. Okay. Too. That, that that was what I was trying to find because I was like, I was like I thought he was two people in that, but I can't remember. I wanted Scroob and Yogurt to fight, but no, <laughs> that's what we needed. We needed Yogurt flipping around with his Schwartz ring at the end, right? <laughs> yes, of course. It it, it would have made all the sense. Um, See, God forbid I, they ever do make that sequel, the quest for more money that they reference in this, because mm-hmm. it was thrown around when The Force Awakens came out. They're like, oh, Mel Brooks is going to do it. He's going to come out. That was news for a little while, and then everyone just forgot. Well, no, they, I mean, they, they, they did the... Okay, has anyone here besides me seen the animated series? So, I think I've seen an or, or, is, or, is so. this an, or is this another moment where I've seen something and it, it's just like I'm the only person? I had never heard of it until I was doing my research last night and I found it and I watched the Grand Theft Auto episode and it was yep. atrocious, Zenger. I hate oh, it. Oh, it is, it is, it is bad. It is, it was, it, it's got the, just, if no one's familiar with it, the, the, 
I do have some things I want to say about this, but the one thing everyone needs to be aware of is that the art style is terrible. It's like mid-2000s Flash game art style. Like, you'd get on, oh, like, yeah. E-Bombs World and Newgrounds from when I was oh, in middle man, school. Oh, man, you are just knocking it out of the park for me right now. <laughs> also, just just show you how amazing this is, this used to be on G4. Yes. And if you don't know what that is, we're not going to tell you. Move on. I saw that G G four came out of their Twitter hibernation for some reason. Out of nowhere, they tweeted the other day. Everyone's like, "Whoa!" Everyone's uh, like, "They're coming back." Someone <laughs> remembered the password. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I do. I, I've only watched that one episode because I was kind of shocked that they parody weird non Star Wars and sci fi things like. There, I, the Grand Theft Auto one I watched. There's an American Idol parody episode. There's uh, there's the Star Wars prequel trilogy yep. where they, where like they all went to like school together or something. Uh, they do a Lord of the Rings, Jurassic Park, Quarantine, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Mighty Ducks. Like I kind of want to go back and watch some of these. Um, I was also shocked to the, see the, Quarantine. It was like nobody yeah. even saw that movie when it came out. Like what in two thousand seven? Well, I, well, it, the the episode's called Outbreak, so I'm like maybe it's kind of more of a play on that. Just whoever edits the the Wikipedia put uh, that. Sure. Uh, the Mighty Ducks, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Goldfinger, The Terminator. Um, the Poseidon Adventure slash Titanic, American Idol, and Spider Man, and all of these are amazingly named with um, with Lord of the Onion Rings, Watch Your Arse Park. Yeah, I'm looking at the animation. This looks terrible. This, it this it looks- is. <laughs> <laughs> I never said it was good in that sense. I don't know. I didn't find it very funny either. It was like a very painful 21 minutes when I watched that episode, Zanger. <laughs> I, I seriously think they just let Mel... Bur- no, no one came in and told him to stop. <laughs> I mean, that, that might have be been the, the problem here. Yeah. It was like the G4. Kids are old. They want, these kids want their space balls. You can go write a few for me. I don't have to do anything. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, it gave some of these actors and actresses something to do. Like people were because a lot of people did reprise their roles. By that I mean um, Mel Brooks. (laughs) Yeah, and I saw Daphne Zuniga was still the voice of Princess Vespa. She really is. She did the voice. They couldn't get Pullman. And Rivers is in it too. Yep. Uh, Bill Pullman, of course, is was not involved. And um, Harrison Ford did the voice. Yes, actually, that is true. Um, (laughs) Also. Uh, John Candy could not repri- reprise his role because he died. Yes, rest in peace, John Candy. But I actually believe Joan Rivers is alive. That's a different conversation. But D. Bradley Baker did the voice of Dark Helmet, so yep. think of that. Rick Moranis Just, is alive. He's not doing anything. He recorded his house. Yeah, but he's, he, he's in retirement. He went into retirement. You Do you think Rick Moranis is going to come back and be on G4 TV? <laughs> He doesn't come back for Ghostbusters or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's the Spaceballs animated series on G4. That's wait, the only wait, thing wait. they could get him out. You're telling me this is going to be on G4 TV. The <laughs> G4 TV. It's my kid's favorite. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping Rick Moranis was asked to do this, and then he said yes, and then when they were waiting for him to like show up to the studio to do his voice recording... He just was like, oh, man, you fell for it. The oldest trick in the book. I'm not recording anything for you. <laughs> and he's like, all right, come on, let's hear it, so let's do it. And like, he's like, you still fell for it. <laughs> That's why bad is good and good is stupid. Is that what he says? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, so man. so I uh, I don't think I'm gonna watch any more episodes, Zenger. But um, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll you know I'll try to do a rewatch of it, like if I can find it. I think I found it on Amazon, but you have to pay for it. And I'm like, no, because it was on. I feel it was on Netflix at some point. Because I feel like it was on something. It had to like be it was something free. You didn't so, go search this out, or you weren't a G four uh, regular. No, I, right? I I was a G four regular man. I loved X Play. I I loved Attack the Show. I knew who Olivia Munn was before anyone hated her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was there at the ground floor hating her. And Kevin Pereira is amazing. Get him a show. I don't know if he has a show, but get him one if he doesn't have one. You guys all got out of this. I'm looking at an image of Dark Helmet looking at a butterfly, and it says Spider Mog. And I have to see that. I have to see some of it now. God damn it. <laughs> see, that's how they get you. You're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Two episodes later, yeah, I, can't I wait want to see, see what it. happens. Six months. Zach, Zach, <laughs> we have to do Space Wells Anime Series episode. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me on clips. this. Trust me. <laughs> I just think you're going to say, both of you are going to go to Zach and say, hey, Zach, we need to do an episode on Spaceballs. He'd be like, didn't Rob wrangle you for that? And you go, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. The no. animated series now. <laughs> and the episode is just, you fell for it. You watched it, you fool. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. So, so on the, uh, since I only watched the one episode, I, uh, and I thought it was atrocious. Uh, before we go back to Spaceballs, I did see that um, one of the people that worked on this show is Blake Liebel. Or Liebel. I think it's Liebel. L-E-I-B-E-L. I don't know if anybody knows about him, but if you ever follow like professional uh, video gaming and Half-Life playing, he was like the first world champion when Half-Life came out. And then he got into animation and stuff like that. He worked on this. He made a movie that's absolutely terrible called Bald in 2009. Like one of those raunchy college comedies. He's probably best known for publishing the graphic novel Syndrome in 2010, which is really dark and gruesome and, like, is about the human propensity to commit violent acts. And now he's serving a life sentence because he tortured and killed his girlfriend in 2016. So that's that's one of the people that was a director and creative consultant and designer for Spaceballs the Animated Series. That's amazing. You know, I just went to look this up to see where this was going and saw where it was going and was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I I just saw that the Spaceballs animated series uh, Dom DeLuise reprised his role as Pizza the Hut in the animated series. Yes, so. let's let's continue to left turn away from Rob taking us down the <laughs> darkest possible timeline of anything. Oh, we're there, we're there. Yeah, I I saw the Dom DeLuise, and I think I saw that the pilot of Spaceballs the animated series was his last like performance in anything. Man, oh. just like um, other great actor, oh my yeah, well, god, uh, Orson, Orson, Orson Welles on uh, Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> yeah, all right, we were fighting each other to spit that one out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I got Orson Welles. And, uh, hey, did you guys notice that was a Transformers um, a yeah, coloring but... book? It just slapped on. It said "Spaceballs: A Coloring Book," but that was yes. Optimus Prime. Yeah, and that lunchbox that uh, he had—that's a GI Joe lunchbox. He just slapped a spaceball sticker on it. I mean, is there any other way to do Spaceballs merchandise? Like, I okay. The, the follow-up to that I loved is that the next scene is a uh, President Scrooge in bed, where it's um, Spaceballs where it's Spaceballs the sheets. the sheets. Yes, it, with his face on it. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it was what? one of the. Uh, one of those once jokes. Once that scene I... happens, once that scene happens with yogurt, from then on, every yep. scene has to have yep. some kind of spaceballs or something. There's spaceballs to placemat. Space. It was everywhere. Toilet paper. They had to introduce it. it. 
And that was the running joke for the rest of the film. It, it was great because it, it was one of those things, it, you do not see it at all. And it would have been one of those great things to where, like, I don't know if the joke would have been funnier if you caught if they, like, showed stuff earlier and then you caught it. But I think, it, I don't know, it's one of those, I don't know which is funnier. Also, um, I did notice this. So during the we, dur- during them watching the actual movie, there. By, by, by the way, there's a lot of production jokes in this movie about the movie being made, or them being able to watch the movie, or the marketing for this movie, or them killing one of the crew members in the movie. <laughs> so I, I really love all that. But if you notice on the wall, the movies that are listed, there's like. 20 Rocky movies, all numerically done. And then yeah. there's a mention later of, like, Rocky, like, 5,000 or something. Yes. So, so so there's a few Rocky jokes in there for, like, no reason whatsoever, aside from, I guess, somebody either really loved or hated Rocky and wanted to make a point about it. Again, Mel Brooks <laughs> didn't really pay attention to Star Wars. He didn't know this was supposed <laughs> to be a long time ago. A long time ago. He's like, yeah, it's the future. The ship's flying around. What do you want? He's, he's not paying attention. They have they, machines, they right? So we need a Mr. Coffee in there, right? <laughs> Mr. Rental with all my films. I didn't catch that as a kid. Every movie oh, was I a Mel Brooks movie. Yep. There's no way a kid would have known that. I know as a I kid, did I was not like, catch that it said Mr. Rental, though. That was Mr. Rental. I, I, I did see Ms., Mr. Radar, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did catch that one. Um, also, the course jam, the radar, which is just I, that's a pretty just, good one. That's a that's a fun one. It's got cool effects oh, yeah. and everything to go with it, and you're not expecting it. That that is one that, that definitely for a kid, like you're like, oh, that was awesome. Well, it's it's one of those jokes. So so it hits the radar, and then they're sitting there and they have the whole jokes with uh, Mike with, with 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 Michael Winslow doing all the different sound effects. And then finally, the the like jam starts to drip through the screen. So so it's then that that joke gets paid off later. I I don't know. I just I just think you you got me on here just to praise everything Mel Brooks has done. So <laughs> I apologize ahead of time because I'm like, oh man, I would have loved to have been in the writers' room for that because Pitchman Zinger would have just been like genius. I will learn everything from you. So. While he went to go see Star Wars, I went to go watch him make this movie, taking notes on him taking notes. <laughs> nice. So. I think my favorite uh, merchandise was the Spaceballs breakfast cereal, because on the box it says 100% sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch... See, I, I should have done a pause on that to see what else I caught, because I did pause during the... When, when you saw all the movies, and sure. I was like, okay, what other movies are there? Because I just kept seeing Rocky <laughs> going across, and I'm like, is it just keep going? You gotta think, too, that it, definitely super fans of this film, but that has to be the favorite scene where, where Yogurt is showing merchandising, merchandising, cause, and as of Star Wars fans, too, I mean, that's it, such a big part of Star Wars fandom is the merchandise. And I know, I mean, I guess I'll just say, unless anyone doesn't know this, but the whole deal that Mel Brooks had with Lucas was that, yes, you can do a parody of Star Wars, but you cannot sell any merchandise. I don't give you any right. You can't, you got to make that deal to make this. And that was the deal he made. So there was, yep. that's where there was never any Spaceballs merch in the real world. And I didn't know that as a kid. And I was hoping one day to find that Winnebago. <laughs> that would have been great. I also, like, now, when because I, I read that as well, Russ, and I was like, that makes perfect sense for Lucas in the 80s or any time. And now I just want the action figures. I want to recreate uh, Rick Moranis' scene with all the action figures. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Your helmet is so big. <laughs> 
that was the moment. I think if, if anyone who was a huge Star Wars fan, especially back then, you're like, of course there's toys. Oh, look, he's got the helmet, and he's got he's got the stupid droid. He's got them all. That, um, and, and, and once again, another great joke, if I may say so myself. The you didn't you didn't see anything, did you? No, Lord Helmer, I didn't see you playing with your toys. <laughs> or your dolls. He says your dolls. Dolls. dolls <laughs> it's even yeah. worse. Yeah, he, he, they they shame all the kids who actually like toys and calling them dollies. And we're like, come on, man, they're action figures. Oh yeah, the um the spaceballs flamethrower too. Oh, of course. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was like, there was, there was something there, there was there was something stupid in there that was just really dumb. And I'm like, oh yeah, flamethrower. It was spaceballs toilet paper. I think in one scene. Yep. yep. What was the shaving cream <laughs> spaceballs that he uses? I think so. I I it, oh, man, you know what? I could just cue this up and look real quick. But that would take work. Hold that on shaving cream scene was a little much. That guy wouldn't have screamed that much and let that much shaving cream go in his mouth. Oh. Let me talk about this. <laughs> well, I mean, it is it is what the uh, this dude's partner were led to believe is the one that instructed Lone Star how to do the Vulcan neck grip or whatever they called it in this movie. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Yeah, when it would veer into Star Trek too. I remember even as a kid with being annoyed, like, no, 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 don't put that in here. Like, I don't care if you're gonna do Wizard of Oz or Planet of the Apes or whatever you're gonna stick in there. Vulcan neck grips in Star Wars. Come on! <laughs> I mean, they do call the guy who beams them up snotty, so another... And he's Scottish. Yeah. And and... yeah. It's, it's just like a vague... over. Like, he just... With this move, these movies were on in the background in Mel Brooks's life. Like, yeah, I put some of that in there. He saw a picture of Planet of the Apes. He's like, monkeys and the Statue of Liberty. And you realize the whole reason that it builds up to that is so he can make that Planet of the Ape joke at the end. Yeah, that's one I definitely don't think fits very well, where what the monkeys <laughs> no, are like, space balls, there goes the planet, and I'm just like, okay, I guess we're doing that. But I think that's, I've definitely noticed that in uh, Mel Brooks movies that I've like, yep. rewatched, like when we did ha- High Anxiety on Cinemodities, like it's a spoof of thriller and Hitchcock movies, but then there's like a random, like, Wicked Witch of the West joke thrown in, and I'm like, that doesn't fit, like why, that doesn't need to be here. So it's Spaceballs the shaving cream. There's also on the wall Spaceballs the towel. So <laughs> nice. And, see, and and yes, at some point there is the placemat and toilet paper. I remember that too. I guess Lucas's decision and that that deal that really shaped a lot of what this movie is. I think forty percent of the jokes are merchandising jokes that are put in the background. So uh, I guess a lot of the success of this can go to George Lucas telling him no mer- no merchandising. <laughs> I also well, read that Lucas uh, enjoyed it, too, which I guess is good. Of course he did. He made Jar Jar, like, 12 <laughs> years later. Of course, he, he was... Cr- you know that meme was three pictures of George Lucas cracking up, and they always put something really stupid. I was like, just a picture of Jar Jar or some dumb joke. That's him this whole time. I can see him rolling in the aisles of this, to be honest. <laughs> Now I'm just imagining like Lucas is seeing this and he ha- he has the idea for Jar Jar just hasn't used it yet and he's watching this movie like his nails gripping the seat and he's like I hope they don't do it I hope they don't do it and he has a sigh of relief where he's like okay one day I can use this idea some of the ideas in this movie are used in Star Wars movies later the idea in Solo that he put they put some super fuel into the Falcon to <laughs> shoot their way out of the mall they do that in Spaceballs that I is didn't the, even think about that yeah yogurt tells him super fuel in this in the thing put it in there that's the same thing they do in Solo and I know they opened the shield in Endor like they did uh, maybe they did in Return of the Jedi but it looked like a lot like Rogue One when they opened the shield to put the giant vacuum cleaner on it they look like the battle over Scarif. And I was like, why are they... This is weird that a lot of this came later, like after this. 
That's a great point. See, that's why I needed you guys for this discussion. I never would have. Uh, I never thought of that today. either. Yeah, <laughs> I was blown away. But I just watched this again entirely right before we recorded. And as soon as it got that feel, I'm like, oh wait, this is wait. So did Solo rip off Spaceballs? <laughs> like that's really the way you're gonna get back? I don't know. Do the, some of those ships in the high scenes look like Winnebago's? I don't remember. <laughs> it was Liquid Schwartz, right? Liquid, yeah, liquid Schwartz. Schwartz. That's what Han Solo was getting. That was the whole point of that movie to go to Castle to get Liquid Schwartz. Oh, also, I realized by me ordering and eating Chinese food during this, um, I actually had the same meal Lucas had watching it. Did you have the soup or the special? <laughs> I had both. <laughs> it, it, it is li- li- liquid Schwartz. And yeah, I cannot... Yeah, they just open up a thing and put it in. <laughs> yep, just like Woody Harrelson here, you got him doing it. Because... Oh, that was a, a few things. A few things stood out like that. I was like, "That's something that looks very like something they, they would do in the prequels." That they just came first in Spaceballs. Uh, right on, right on. The the super the special the space diner scene is probably my favorite moment in the movie, just because it's John Hurt rep- reprising his role from yes. Alien. <laughs> One as another thing I did it, not um, get as a kid. <laughs> Now, I will say, when this came out, I had seen Aliens. I I don't think I had much memory of the first Alien. Well, I knew Aliens very much. It was a very big action film and great great movie. I was a favorite. But that's more a reference to the first Alien, the way the crew looks, the guy with the bandana. Oh, yeah, the table that they're sitting at. Yep. Yes, it's the same exact scene. So I I don't think I saw it coming. I'm sure adults did. But that scene is – okay, he does the Michigan J. Frog dance cross (laughs) them. The restaurant. Oh, that's another scene. The, the diner. That comes later in episode two. It's like Jetster's uh, diner. <laughs> this, this is the first diner in the Star Wars world. I realize they didn't really have a cantina scene, so this was supposed to be their cantina scene. So mm. why is there a bear randomly on Spaceballs 1? Well, bears' arms work as seatbelts in um, <laughs> this world. and I don't know. I have no idea. Cause, so they can make the Chewbacca noise? Because they did. I was like, I don't get the... I'm like, is there a cut scene or something? Because the bear's just randomly in there. The bear, just, the bearded it, lady, and then the only the, one we've seen earlier is the timpani player, the people that, of the three that steal the Oh, no, 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 no. There, there, there's a fourth one. Oh, which one? Uh, the pizza guy. Oh, yes, that's there's right. a random and, pizza guy, And too. we don't see him earlier, either. <laughs> well, well, the, well I, okay, I'm, I'm willing to, to accept the other two, but the bear just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't it's get the Chewbacca. joke. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they included the bear. I don't know. It seemed like something they just had to put in these movies. Like, yeah, a bear. What's scary? A bear in space. I think he's thought of that. It's like, ah, Chewbacca, he's like a bear. Or a dog. I don't know. John Candy's a dog. We'll throw a bear in there, too. Uh, did you guys notice, uh, Zanger especially, they did the um, uh, the Wilhelm at one point. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah. wait, so they, I was like, wait, so they do care? In this, like, when they put that in, as watching later as a longtime Stars fan, you're like, oh, so there's a there's a little bit of care, and there was, like, one Wookiee howl, but not much else. I, I feel, you know what, I feel like the Wilhelm was put in there by accident. Like, like, <laughs> was like we, need a generic, we need a generic scream, and it just happened to be the Wilhelm. <laughs> I, I could see that, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I really don't get the whole, like, them do for for the prince, for the prince, like, why, why they're all wearing, like, Royal, like, because it seems like it seems like they're at at a renaissance. Like they all of a sudden go from the word princess, and he's like, "Yeah, they're the kings." But it kind of turned out to be a little true because in episode one, that they do dress. My gosh, we are breaking this open. (laughs) George Lucas just stole everything from Mel Brooks. Zach, (laughs) 
And Mel Brooks didn't even pay attention watching Star Wars. Yeah, he didn't even care. Princess, yeah, it is kings. I don't know. Dick Van Patten put him in a curly wig. He's the king. That's the yep. space king. And he's got bags of of of, of air that he drinks. <laughs> what, what it, it was the um the the canned air was oh Perrier. Yeah, per, per, yeah Perrier. Perrier. Yeah. Perrier, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I still don't know what space balls are. Why are they called that? I know everything is just a like a like a like a joke. Like a lot, of, so many just phallic symbols and things. The space balls. Everyone's getting hit in the balls. The Schwartz. I mean, can we talk about the Schwartz? I feel like I'm getting all Joan Rivers. Can we talk about the Schwartz? Yeah, the Schwartz. <laughs> we can talk about the Schwartz. <laughs> okay, talk so, about the Schwartz. Yeah, just a very, like, again, Mel Brooks just has a, what's it called, the Force, uh, Schwartz, and it's, all oh, these lightsabers are like penises, yeah, they're penis blades, and that, that's the part as a kid, I think, that I actually did like the most, was the, the battle between uh, Dark Helmet and Lone Star, where they're penis battling each other with lightsabers, see, we had to bring it back to Darth Maul. How, how do we get back here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, real, real quick, so I got it randomly paused on this. I just want to point this out. The Winnebago, the Eagle 5, um, the eagle on it is just both its talons, it has money in it. Perfect. <laughs> and it's just some, something that I was like, I feel like there's like, because apparently Mel, Mel Brooks movies were the old movies that you needed to pause because there's always a visual gag that you're never going to pick up on. Yeah, and a lot. I guess a lot of it. You're thinking a lot. I mean, a lot of more people are watching these in the theater when they come out, so you can you can stick little things like that. I was impressed. And some of the things I did like Zenger as a as a star destroyer guy. You gotta like the, the at least the work they did on that the, oh, their what? main ship. It, it the looks the one that cool. takes like five minutes for it to yes, fly yes. by. They did that yes. pretty well. As far as is parodying one of those iconic openings to a film ever, the long star destroyer. It was we, pretty we good. We break for no one because it looks so stupid and and. It was just huge and epic, almost in the same way. And yeah, and of course, you got to put a clever, great bumper sticker, one that you would see and roll your eyes at in real life. Well, yeah, I think they once did that again, well. and, and if you want something else that's been stolen from, which I guess I'll put the thing in here for this, uh, the uh, Family Guy. When, when when they do their Star Wars things on the back of the Star Destroyer, it's got a Bush. It, it's is it Bush Cheney? Oh, maybe yeah. Bumper sticker. Oh, okay. So it's just funny because obviously, I mean, I, 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 I like to feel that that was them making an homage to this, but I'm like, who knows anymore? They could have yeah, just both thought- trying to make the U.S. evil empire. They had the what the the top of Congress on on one of the spaceball buildings. Yeah, right? which yep. which I was like, oh nice, oh <laughs> oh nice. That's us, the baddies. Yeah, we're represented great in uh, old comedies. <laughs> yeah, people live in in in. Uh, in monarchies, they're the heroes in this. <laughs> we want to pull for the, the people who, who just get it by some birthright that the peasants have no say in at all, except for the democratically elected space balls. Yeah, that, that, the, the whole concept, like you were mentioning earlier, you know, the royalty and stuff like that, which we don't see until episode one. I was definitely just kind of like, that was another thing that was like, this is just not what I think of when I think of Star Wars type of stuff. And especially the whole... She can only marry a prince, and Prince Valium is the last prince in the galaxy. And it's just like, that seems that seems very, like, you have to exhaust a lot of people for last prince in the galaxy, right? Look, I'll give, oh, yeah. I gotta give Jim J. Bullock a little credit. That is him, right? Playing the, uh... Yeah, yeah. Playing Prince Valium. I think I that even tracked with me. I think I, I knew the existence of Valium. I get it, he's tired. That That's his... 
probably his biggest role ever besides Hollywood Squares and stuff. No one knows who the hell Jim J. Bullock is. So at least he got a role where he just yawned and looked very bored. <laughs> yeah, and then there's even one of the uh, Joan Rivers jokes is, I think, in that same scene when they're fleeing from the wedding where she's like, listen, we know that Prince Valium is a pill, but at least you could have married him and made your father happy. <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> How long do you think it took Joan Rivers to do this movie? An afternoon? Like, she just recorded all his lines, banged him out. I oh, don't... oh, fine, I'll try again. Oh, oh, <laughs> Vespa. Oh, oh, keep your virginity. That's the thing kids didn't need to know about. I don't know why that whole uh, keeping her chastity was such a point in this. I was like, this is not Star Wars. I don't, I don't know any movie that this is a main plot of. Where are you pulling this from, Mel Brooks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... I'd, I'd like to think that they, they actually didn't have Joan Rivers come in and record. They just took all that from just, you know, her shows just and interviews and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I, I just want to point out a few more random jokes that I just very appreciated. Uh, sorry, I'm, like, skipping through the movie now. Um, the random stunt doubles. They, they catch the stunt doubles instead of the actual people. That's probably yeah, my that's favorite. That's actually pretty fun. That's yeah, probably my that's favorite meta scene. joke in the movie. Yeah. In a movie full of meta jokes, because right after that is the part where um, where Scrooge's running up, and he's like, sorry, I, I was running, because if I walked, it w- the movie would have been over by the time I got here. Yeah, it shifts too big, yep. And also <laughs> yeah. in that uh, in the stunt double scene, the guy that like comes, and he's like, well, 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 we finally captured you. I, it's Steven Tobolowski. I was like... I, I was shocked yeah. to see him in just this incredibly small role, like, last in the credits. <laughs> it was weird to see Michael Winslow so high in the credits. I was like, he was in, like, two scenes just yeah. because he was in in Police Academy. Yeah, 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 yeah this, was, this was his He's a big point. star. Yeah, I get it. This was his star was shining in 1987. So even for a couple of scenes, Michael Winslow's a git. He was, because I don't think they used any other. I think they just used him the entire movie. <laughs> for the bleeps, he the sweeps, the, and the creeps. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a few jokes like that, uh, like with the combing of the desert scene later on. We where found That yeah, is a fantastic that's... joke with the hair It is comb. good. <laughs> you, that's, when we talk about the things you probably couldn't put in a movie now, I, I don't know if you could right now, the way things are. Like, why does that, you know, that's one of the things where, that's so 80s. That's such an 80s dumb joke. What, what, the comb the desert or the part Comey, that... I think, no, I think making it a, like a racial thing by the end of it where you're like, oh, yeah. right. like, well, yeah, like, haha. Well, I, well, it boils down to that because, because they're, okay, once again, I appreciate that this, jo- that this joke works on so many levels. It's the, um, do you, do you think we're taking him too literally? Um... And he's got and, the giant safari hat on. I think that was one <laughs> of the, those bridges too far. Like... <laughs> I, I, I recently, someone had pointed out that when they're in that car, they did the same thing Lucas did by putting mirrors on the bottom of the car yep. to reflect the desert. Yeah, so I was watching that really close, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, those are straight-up mirrors. So, like, I don't know why I never noticed that, but go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's it's just the, the joke of, you think we're taking this too literally, the joke of him being in the safari hat, and then the... And then the people are combing, and then, of course, it's the two uh, African-American actors, and they've got an Afro pick instead of an actual full comb. So you think, I think anyone in that helmet long enough is going to need that thing. It's not even a racial issue about the, uh, as far as that pick goes. <laughs> everyone, yeah, just looks like they've got like this big fro helmet. Yeah, that's got to be pushing all their hair down, you know? <laughs> I, I feel like the, de- I, and also I feel like the designs for a lot of these 
people are while they're knocking obviously knocking off um oh my gosh yes it is just it's just sitting on mirrors yep yep yeah there was no vaseline on the lens or anything it was just that's just straight up a mirror and it does sound like a speeder though i give them that but i i feel like everything wait that's just it's not even a speeder i think it's just a car (laughs) well it's just a car with a mirror but it's supposed to be like luke's land speeder that's what they're going for uh, no, but what I was going to say was I feel like all the costumes in this are still pretty iconic for it being like, yes, they obviously look like stormtroopers, but they're different enough that they're their own little iconic thing. Yeah, they're um, butt pads, which I, was, I found weird. That was kind of the, 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 funny the butt pads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then Darth Helmet's obviously Vader, but he's different enough that it's like you, you'd never confuse the two. I don't know. I, I just I just re- really appreciated the the designs in this movie. Yeah, for... drinking through the helmet was kind of a fun gag for the yeah. one time. And Rick Moranis' helmet constantly falling became a bit of a thing. But it is funny when the door crushes him. So I'm very torn on the visual gags as far as Dark Helmet goes. Some work, some don't. <laughs> I do like the design for Dark Helmet as well. Like it definitely is. You know what I what I want from a Star Wars parody, like over the top Darth Vader helmet type of thing. And I the the thing that I definitely did not remember from when I was younger is that not only does Rick Moranis' voice change, like, when his helmet is down, but his accent changes as well. <laughs> it does? Yeah, it, he definitely has, like, this kind of, like, almost, you know, like, Jamaican or African accent, it seems. <laughs> like, I, I, I was picking up on it near the that. end of the movie more, and I was just like, wait, like... Am I? What am I hearing? But like the whole scene where he's like, "Oh man, you fell for it!" Like it's really heavy oh, okay. in that scene. I, no, I was I like, agree. I yeah. didn't catch on that. He, it, it's almost as if to think that. I mean, then we had never seen the prequels or anything to think that Darth Vader without a helmet would just be maybe annoying and not sound as cool. So he's just, I think he's just trying <laughs> to play it up as being cool whenever it's down. He's a very early precursor to Kylo Ren. <laughs> he's in and out of the I helmet like constantly. He's moody. He's upset. He's a different guy with that helmet on. There's a lot of comparisons. <laughs> he's playing with his Darth Vader doll, yep. <laughs> so not only are you saying that the prequels ripped this off, but you're saying the sequel trilogy now did too. Oh, Bold yeah, absolutely. I mean, think of how overpowered Princess Vespa is. She picks up a rifle for the first time. <laughs> oh, my God. She back at people. <laughs> she destroys everybody. I mean, yeah. She can sing, we learn. <laughs> oh, that! I forgot about that scene. And just it, it, it coming up was just so funny to me for, like, no apparent reason. So <laughs> I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe that was just me. For that one well speaking of disney there is that scene when they're passed on the desert and the dinks come up to them and lone star is like when did we get to disneyland, disneyland. again bringing it to earth so much but, i mean of course it's a mel brooks parody i don't see it put it out front yeah i get it but that's another where we're like oh this is gonna get very disney and then it becomes very wizard of oz mm-hmm. <laughs> but then gets disney again with the merchandising <laughs> also did they predict the future of star wars being owned by up they're not the simpsons it was very close. You're right. Where am I? Disneyland? There's Jawas. What? Ah. I guess this was in the future instead of the distant past. We must have ended up at the galaxy's edge here. <laughs> How did we? <laughs> now, that that would have been surprising. <laughs> if they, Disney bought the rights to Spaceballs. I mean, I don't know. Mel, when Mel Brooks goes, who knows where that's going to end up. Yeah, so um, on on the note of what's is there a sequel is what would you guys want? I'm I'm sorry, 
problem taking your your hosting for a second. Oh, do it up. This. Do it up. Um, would you guys want a sequel to this? The Schwartz you, Awakens? I mean, uh, no, yeah. The, the, no, no, no. The, it's, it's, Revenge it's the of the Schwartz? For, what are we doing here? It's. I, I, th- I think we need to go with what with what um, they went with with the whole um, quest for more money. Mm. I, I think someone said that 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 they're like, oh, Brooks is pretty good with money, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want a sequel to this. I would just want like a different Mel Brooks project. Like, I don't know if I if I want more like Star Wars parody from him. Yeah, I don't think he's got it in him. I'll say I don't think he's got it in him. He's got something in him. I don't think it's that. I would. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, like what like other major franchise do we have now? Could he, like maybe I would love to see him parody like the Fast and the Furious movies, but it's like relishing in the fact that he's old and everybody he knows is old, so it's all very slow or something like that. He would like, do Harry Potter or something. Mm, he would do. I don't know. I would love to see him do like the teen book genre of like, like all Twilight's all, and stuff. Yes, because it would be a dated reference now, and I feel Mel Brooks is <laughs> he great at doing... He so many doing... boats. There's really nothing out right now that he could even do a Mel Brooks on. I think all this stuff has passed. Well, also, he's just such a very unique... Um, like, his 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 way of doing stuff, like, like his movies, I, I don't think... Well, one, I don't think he could do it in this day and age for multiple reasons. Uh, and also, I just don't think parodies are like... Because, I mean, we had all those parodies for a while... And I hate to even use them in the same vein as Mel Brooks, but like all of the like epic, epic movie, movie sca- teen yeah, movie. yep. Which which not the cinemodities, teen- uh, the flip book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those are like we're we're, we're done in in just ugh, over like 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 if they did another parody now, I feel like you you have to do them as like a TV show or something to where it's like one off skits. Sort of oh, yeah. like Robot yeah. Chicken or something like that. Yeah, we've been talking about that this month on Cinemodities with other parody movies because all the ones we're doing are from before the year 2000, and it always comes up no matter what we're discussing in like the the parody movies of the modern era. You know, like your the the poor evolution of scary movie turning into like like you said epic movie, date movie, disaster movie. It's just I they pump them out so fast and cheap. And they're just like lowbrow humor, and they're referencing things that are becoming irrelevant super quickly. I mean, I would love to see Mel Brooks come back into the scene and do like a real parody, like well crafted jokes we're dying for these days rather than, you know, memes and instant gratification. But I think you said it, uh, Zenger, where it's like, you know, he's got enough money <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and then and here's the other thing, too. It's I feel like that style of humor goes over a lot of people's heads now. Like, Jokes are like you need instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It's not the like joke of like 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 in this movie. Like jokes stew for a while in Spaceballs and in, in his other movies. It's it's a joke that kind of takes time and isn't and isn't something where it's like joke punchline joke punchline. It's yep. joke subtle punchline subtle. Pu- it's 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 the rule of three almost of. You make a joke once, you make it a second time, third time's the pay. Like, that's what this movie was, I feel, at times, is it had jokes that continued to pay off as time went on with them. Like we said, with the merchandising thing, mm-hmm. once that was shown, everything in the movie after that point was merchandising. And it just made that, that it just retroactively made that scene funnier because it's just, you just slowly saw that everything they touched was Spaceballs the blank or this or that. 
So I just don't think that people like that. I mean, I think people want that humor, but the problem is mass quantities don't want that humor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because in- I love humor like sure. that. I I love humor that 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 you have to sit there and wait on and and some joke made like way earlier in the movie pays off way near the end and and it's just like oh i i remember ah yes yeah, funny and but some it, of them do they just like fall flat <laughs> yeah it's a lot of like well even plot lines where lone star just has this necklace on he forgets that he has to do this whole story with that and it still didn't really he's like oh by the way you're a prince so go back and uh, okay i i think that's just the crack at just dumb writing and a lot of other stuff that it just turns into that but. And, and as much as we could talk about, yeah, it is very cool, the diner alien scene. When you think about it, he just remembered he wanted to do that scene. And he's like, well, how <laughs> do I do this? And when do I put it in? And that scene is not necessary at all. That, that, that scene could technically go anywhere in the movie. Anywhere, yeah. It yep. just happened to put it there. And like, okay, well, they go to eat, but they don't eat, and they leave. That could have been any time in the beginning or end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I did notice... Um, in that, in the establishing shot of the diner, when it shows like the uh, the the matte painting of the diner in the parking lot, there is a ship that looks a lot like the Millennium Falcon. Oh, All right, really? I need to find this now. Yeah, yeah. It's I know it's near the end of the movie. I don't have a timestamp for you, Zing, or anything. But you know. Oh, uh, don't worry. I, I I can scrub real <laughs> quick through this movie. <laughs> but yeah, there were some of those little touches, like we were saying before, like in the background, where it's like you know the you don't notice them the first time around or something you gotta watch it cl- with a closer eye it's very different from like a Zaz movie you know where it's like airplane the whole point is to not miss any jokes like no matter what you're looking at there's a joke that you is the full focus of the frame where here it's actually like you know like you were saying with the merchandising like it's it's something that you have to actually look for and pay attention to alright so I just sent a picture to our group thing of a picture of the scene of this diner I don't know why I just didn't take a screenshot so <laughs> I, can, can, can you requote what what you just said about like it 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 was a ripoff or it looked vaguely like the Millennium Falcon? Yes. No, that's just straight up the Millennium Falcon. Oh, really? <laughs> that is straight up the Falcon. There's also a random Russian jet there. There's a UFO. There's a missile. There's just randomly a missile on like <laughs> the thing too. And then like all the other tra- trucks and stuff like have wings just slapped on them. There is, like, a spaceship, like, a NASA spaceship, but, yeah, it's pretty, um, yeah, that's It doesn't seem up. like much of a reference when you put this, the straight-up thing of the thing you're parroting. It's like, you're parroting everything. We get, we get it already. You don't have to have the real thing. I just love the random missile. <laughs> yeah, the missile's good. I didn't notice that. <laughs> that's my weird science reference. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> So I, I guess that, uh, you know, speaking of that, I, putting the Millennium Falcon in there, isn't there the scene when they um, go into, like, the, uh, the, the temple when, before, when they're doing the Wizard of Oz jokes and sh- yogurt comes out? Doesn't Barf say something like, the Force? And they go, no, the yeah, Schwartz. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Yeah. Yeah, they straight up say it. It's too, too associated, I guess, for the, the less initiated or maybe for the kids to get them excited. As a kid, I will say, watch this, I was very excited by yogurt. Not the, the product, but the guy himself. I, I liked yogurt a lot as a kid. He, he He's cool. And, of course, the flamethrower. Every kid loves the flamethrower. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yogurt. yogurt's not bad. I don't know. It just looks kind of weird, I think, with the, all the all the makeup and stuff. And, and it's I too think... much sparkly, crappy effects, too. He yeah. always has to have some sparkly, crappy thing. And, and may the Schwartz be with you or whatever look pretty bad at the end. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. So I I, I do think um, the uh, the uh, the line from Darth Helmet uh, parodying the Luke I am your father that one definitely got me on this rewatch. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. What does that make us? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Also, okay. I I just noticed this in the background. There's collectible plates, too. <laughs> yeah, I saw each that. Of the they, they focus a lot on collectible plates and T-shirts in the Spaceballs world. I was like, well, that wasn't so much what it was. You could add like box play sets or some toys. It was mostly uh, there was that one yogurt doll. That was about it. No carded figures. That's what we wanted to see. The, the action figures, but they they thought that merchandise just meant anything. Yep. And and <laughs> I, I I said from that scene on, it's just. Constant references. Mm. There's randomly Pizza the Hut on the. Is there Pizza the Hut merch that he has? On, no, no, no. On on, on oh. Spaceballs the sheets. There's randomly Pizza the Hut where he's in there with the Doublemint twins. <laughs> that, yeah, P- that Pizza the Hut's randomly on the uh, what the Doublemint twins? Yeah, twin the Doublemint thing where I'm just like, this is like, who's gonna get this? You know, like uh, like watching it like today. If anybody saw this for the first time, like when he's just like, you know, not she goes, no, I'm Marley and I'm Charlene. He goes, chew your gum. It's like, who, is anybody going to understand that reference? Not it, now. No, yeah, it I took barely me a remember minute. that. It, I, it I remember took that. me a minute during during the rewatch to to be like, oh, Doublemint Gum. <laughs> I, there, that scene must be so quick. I think I even missed it because I saw some of the art for the animated series. I'm like, why are there twin girls here? What is it? And I just watched this movie and I already <laughs> forgot about them. How they end up in the animated series? They're on the poster. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> They're on the main picture for the animated series. I'm like, who are these two chicks? I guess they added them. I completely forgot about that joke, and I just watched it. <laughs> I mean, I just like to see just some Star Wars parodies again, but I, I, I've, I've said this a billion times. Oh, wait, that's a joke that, that pays off later. The, the one, two, three, four, five. Oh, that, that's what some idiot would have on their luggage. Mm, mm-hmm. Then there's the joke about them turning off the lights, and then it goes on, and then later on... When Scrooge's in there, and and he makes the comment of, "Oh my gosh, it's the same combination as my luggage." Yeah, it was pretty shortly after, dude. It, it, it wasn't that much payoff. It, well, it's, it's, except for it's, calling him an idiot, which is always fun. Well, it's it's better than I mean the the normal length length of time we have with <laughs> jokes in these in stuff now, to where it's just like you make the joke, and then you have to instantly have the payoff. But that's like a good five minutes later. I'm just noticing here that. Mel Brooks tried unsuccessfully to get Tom Cruise or or Tom Hanks. I saw to be in that. I saw that. I heard that Bill Pullman said that. Can we talk that? about it? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Could you right. Imagine Good luck that? <laughs> Tom Hanks is Lone Star. There's no way. A completely different career path. I can't see it. I can't see it. I could see Tom Hanks maybe taking it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking of the stunt double scene if Tom Cruise was in it. Like, st- Tom Cruise just fighting with Mel Brooks. Be like, I get the joke, Mel, but you're not putting anybody in my place. I do my own stunts. You could have worked off that, but I don't think, yeah, Tom Cruise, in 1987, this is not where he was going. <laughs> Completely yep. different trajectory of his career. It did not include space balls. Yeah, I think, what, even Bill Pullman at this time... He was pretty unknown, right? Yeah, very. Yeah, I don't th- yeah this was definitely his, his biggest thing. I think John Candy, are, uh, people are billed before him in the actual credits. Okay, okay. And at least, you know, Bill Pullman did some stuff afterwards uh, with, what, Nora Ephron, and, but, like, Daphne Zuniga didn't do much at all. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. She's been in r- random stuff. Like, just random, random stuff. 
Mostly TV shows. Yeah, the Fly 2 she did a couple years later. And I guess Melrose Place for a few years. She was in The Fly 2? The Fly oh. 2. She was the love interest of oh, Brundlefly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one to get into if you ever uh, on the cinema. I, I love me some Fly 2. I haven't seen, that's, uh, it's, uh, Eric, what, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Who started in it? Redhead. Eric Stoltz, who was supposed to be oh, Martin McFly. Yeah, okay. Eric Stoltz was the... I don't uh, think Jeff I've ever Goldblum. seen The Fly 2. He's Jeff Goldblum's son, and he's locked in a facility, and they're building teleporters. And it has some really bad dog body horror. I'll just say that. Oh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Is it uh, Cronenberg? I don't think so. I okay, think okay. So. He doesn't come back for the sequel? <laughs> no, I don't think he came back for this one. They just they, they had enough inspiration for the first to just make it the most <laughs> disgusting stuff they could. Well, I mean, I will point out she did do a voice on Johnny Bravo, so I mean, oh. success has its advantages. That's, yeah, that's the, the peak of her career. <laughs> no, the peak career. of her career was showing up on Spaceballs, the animated, <laughs> the animated series. series. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, I got nothing else going on. <laughs> a lot of her stuff fell flat for me. I did like, and it had nothing on her, the visual gag of her with the uh, the headphone buns on. It, it gets me still. Or I'm like, oh, she, oh, she, yeah, she straight up looks like Princess Leia. And then she takes them off, and you go, oh, they're headphones. That was pretty good. I think they've legitimately made those. Yeah, I think those exist now. That's another thing yeah. Spaceballs yeah, didn't see coming. Lucas saw it and was like, why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> I, I, I would be remiss, though. They're, they're one of my friends from high school, one of his favorite lines from this movie was, uh, What's wrong, Colonel Sanders? Chicken! Yeah, that that's better than Scroob. Like, Scroob makes no sense. At least we have this, you know, parody of what Grand Moff Tarkin with an actual joke worked into it. Well, it, it's, it's one of those things I heard it, and I was instantly like, Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, it all comes from my high school years came flooding back to me and so hearing that joke about ten times a day. My character is one joke. Yes, that's what your character is. You're Colonel Sanders, and we're going to really hit it home with this one. <laughs> He's good in it, too. I, I forget his name. Something wider, wilder. Uh, George Weiner. Yeah. yeah, he, he yeah. Was, he's actually really good in this. He, he does uh, He does a great job. Yeah, his. I think his best scene is the... Um, the renting Spaceballs before it's finished when he's, like, so excited about this idea and he's explaining, like, instant cassettes. Like, he's really good in that scene. And, I mean, playing he plays off Rick Moranis well with the whole, like, mm-hmm. almost, you know, who's on first type routine that Rick Moranis starts to do. Who? When? How? <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely is a great straight man in this. And he's in it a lot. He's in it just as much as anyone. I mean, just as much as Rick Moranis, anyone. Even though he has, he's just, they're just thrown in as three bumbling idiots by the end of it, all <laughs> just rolling into each other with uh, uh, ending up on the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. And then he's he's part of a joke that, um, so something I, I always think about with comedy is like, there's some jokes I laugh at, and then almost immediately after, I start to like, pity myself because it's so stupid or I don't understand why I laughed at it and there's it's the one with him and Mel Brooks and Mel Brooks goes you know the self-destruction sequence and he's like how do we stop it he goes no it's irreversible and Mel Brooks says like my raincoat and I'm that like I laughed me. at that and I was like why why did I just respond to that at all me too me too I because th- it took me uh, like a second to think about it and go what oh oh okay that, that it's a very very random joke that uh I wish I would have some excuse to ever use in my life. <laughs> that yeah. that is seriously one of those jokes. I swear, if someone's sitting there 
staring at a script for hours and then just they're like we we need one more joke in this scene and once again sitting in the back of that room is Pitchman zinger and he's like i got it <laughs> and if any of us or anyone listening if you ever i don't know come down with cancer or some kind of disease and if you ask the doctor well is there anything we can do and he says i'm sorry it's irreversible and you go, oh, it's like my raincoat that your life is a, a lot gets a little better. You're already on the path to healing by saying <laughs> that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Humor is the best medicine. Laughter is the best but medicine. <laughs> do not use it if Mel you're going to bait someone online who says they have cancer and go, is it irreversible? And they go, no. And you go, oh, just like – don't use it in that sense. You can use it for yourself. Do not use it to perform uh, joke violence on others. Yeah, don't troll with that joke. <laughs> it's not a troll device. <laughs> Unless it's something positive, and they say, yeah, it's irreversible. Honestly, if you could bait someone into positively saying it's irreversible, and they say no, eh, hey, wow, you're so hot. Is that somehow reversible? I don't know. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. It definitely, like, plays, like uh, like you were saying, Zang, you're staring at a script. It definitely, when I thought about it, it plays like a Mad Lib to me. Like, someone was like, well, we're going to say it's irreversible, and then go, like my, and then we need a noun. Everybody throw out a noun. <laughs> also, I feel it's one of those jokes that, like, was forced to be left in, so, like, someone's going to get this. <laughs> someone's going to laugh about this, and when oh, they do... I'm trying to think of other things that are, uh, might be reversible, but might not be, and I'm having a hard time, so I guess they did a pretty good job with the raincoat. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, just like my socks. Just like my underwear. No, no, that does never. No, <laughs> forget it. Just stick with raincoat. Raincoat's funny. If a couple people in a podcast 35 years from now might get it. <laughs> That's all they can hope for. Oh, they'll at least so, appreciate it. We're not saying that people didn't get it. So so why you got Pitchman Zinger there? You, you, you've got, um, you got, uh, I'm trying to think of something, Russ. No. Bad luck, Russ, with, with his joke sitting over there, like, pens and stuff and, every, and like st- sticking out from every side of his ear a ton of stuff he's just scribbling down he's like i gotta get this something else is not reversible my underwear no no no, no. that doesn't oh, make any no. sense my shoes no no you can't reverse shoes oh man i'm looking at the budget of this they the budget was 22 million 22.7 million it made it, money <laughs> it made 38 well you don't think advertising they might have lost out uh, I don't and all that, that marketing merchandising none we don't get any that's why we got screwed yeah, I think I was reading that this is one of Mel Brooks' more expensive movies, which I guess makes some sense with, you know, the sci-fi parody inherently needs some special effects, but there wasn't anything super crazy in here, I thought. I mean, no, now, now. to show you that, yeah, those sh- those ex- effects were very expensive, even the, the, the limited use they did in them. I mean, a lot of it looks kind of bad, but they did it to where it didn't look terrible and like a parody. The world itself is is okay as far effects wise. Mm-hmm. Where you're not like it's not like a UFO on a string. It's nothing pathetic. They were trying <laughs> and they did a pretty good job making the ships look okay. Oh yeah, did you see that uh, ILM had credit on some of the special effects for this movie? Oh really? Okay, yeah. yeah so Lucas, yeah, it was Lucas got him. All right, look, if you get a parody, at least make it look good. <laughs> That's yeah, why exactly. that Wilhelm's in there. You know that they were helping out in that end. I swear I, wrote, I was just going through notes and stuff, and I saw that, like, Lucas gave him that or something to do with it or something. The lightsaber battle works. I mean, the Schwartz ring, the, the lightsaber stick battle, where the the Schwartz, of course, the greatest line. I think this was the line 
I mean, me and my younger cousins all love was, of course, your Schwartz. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. I think that was the the one where everyone got, you know, a little red in the cheeks as they watch as a kid go, ooh, it's all about wee-wees. And, you know, they're just, you know, they get them tangled. And the, but the, the effects itself, it looks like a good movie lightsaber battle. It actually works. Yep, that one shot when they're, like, facing off against each other. They're almost touching tips, if I do say, and yes. they're and they're crackling like on each other. That, that looks fine. <laughs> it's better than the fight from A New Hope. I mean, effects wise, so good job. <laughs> One of the jokes that I don't I don't even know if I would consider it a joke, but because I think it, it falls so flat is when um they're about to transform into Mega Maid, and Colonel Sanders is like begin the metamorphosis, and Rick Moranis is like ready Kafka, and I'm like. Is is this funny? Because I can only imagine they're referencing the Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. And yeah, it's just they like, have to be. Is anybody going to get that? <laughs> yeah, no exactly. One. It was a bigger thing in the eighties. No, I don't think it was. I think Mel Brooks had just been reading it or someone when they did this. And just, what? Yeah, that, that's a random one to throw out there. Yeah, and there's an actual joke in the producers about Metamorphosis. Like when uh, I think like Max Bialystok is reading for scripts to find the worst one. He's he like opens one. He's like a man turns into a giant bug. Nope, too good. And it's like that's an actual joke about like the concept of the movie. There's no setup for like literary jokes in Spaceballs. And Mel Brooks is a uh, he is a bit obsessed with Metamorphosis. He did produce The Fly uh, secretly. He didn't want people to know this production Ooh. company made the original Fly movie because he'd be like, oh, Mel Brooks The Fly. Oh, geez, everyone's gonna think it's a joke. So he was very into that concept. He it was pitched to him, and he 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 put up a lot of money for the Jeff Goldblum Fly. Okay, okay, right on, right on. <laughs> that, that's weird that we brought it back to that, coming from the fly, too. Maybe that's how Daphne Zeninga got in there, her Brooks connection. He probably produced that one, too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. That was that was two years after Spaceballs. Oh, okay, okay. i got to check it out now with uh, <laughs> Fly 2, Daphne Zuniga. I've got the in. I understand it now. We gotta find other space balls hidden in that movie. Mel Brooks brought them all with him. Yeah, go be and fly too. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of the, the the Jeff Goldblum fly with that scene when he's like when his jaw falls off and he puts it in the oh. medicine cabinet. I just want to see him open the medicine cabinet and you got like space balls, the shaving cream in there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that, yeah, I don't want to think of the space balls reference you can put into the original fly movie. That made. <laughs> That's not where that, – because that's what people would think Mel Brooks would do. But he didn't. He stepped back and let him make the movie and didn't yep. put any of his cornball stuff in it. You know? <laughs> we brought it all around. That's weird. It brings up the Kafka metamorphosis, uh, the fly he's producing, Daphne Zeninga. What a world. Zanger's blown away. <laughs> Zanger's blown into just complete silence. I can't believe what we've done. No, I'm, 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 I'm on the trail of something to, to end on, so – you trying to find Daphne Zeninga's Instagram? I don't think she has one. <laughs> <laughs> no. You want to ask her no about Spaceballs, the animated series? <laughs> what? Okay, I already know the answer to this, but I'm just asking for the sake of it. So was this your low point? <laughs> <laughs> so, so while Zanger, while you're tracing down what you're tracing down, I did find a, a great connection to something I love. Um, I've never read it, but I've only read about it now. The Spaceballs novelization. You found what I'm looking for, oh, and I was at... verifying it. Yes. Written by R.L. Stein, the author of Goosebumps, some of my favorite wow. stuff. 
I right. I saw I that, that and I'm like, good. I need to research this because I feel like I'm going to blurt it out and it's going to be like, no, it's a different R.L. Stein, you moron. I, I, I double-checked when I was looking it up yesterday and I because I was blown away that I was like, really? I, he did something other than Goosebumps? That's blasphemous. <laughs> he apparently did a lot that's not Goosebumps. Yeah, he had a, a, a good career. Still has, I think. So, so to bring this full circle, since you stole my... Um, my, I guess, shocker of things where I was going to be unbelieved by everybody. Um, I want to bring this around to Max Brooks. Real okay. Quick. I said author of uh, Zombie Things and Zombie Survival Guides and World well, War Z, correct? Yeah. Well, also off author of, and this is something for um, for the listeners of The Unbelievers, De-Evolution. Yeah, so that came out. That's his new Bigfoot project, right? It is a first-hand account of the Rainer Sasquatch Massacre. Yeah. And I have actually audiobooked this. It is really good. It is I've been seeing a lot really about that. Good. I've been seeing um, some good stuff. A lot of people I really like have been, uh, been, been they're, they're selling at the Cryptid Museum and stuff. So I'm excited oh, yeah. to pick that up. Oh, yeah. Definitely check it out. I. It's it's one of those things. It's, it's blatantly obvious. I'm like, wait, Brooks, Max, Brooks. I wonder if they're relate. Oh, right. It's his son. Hmm. Well, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird path for his son to go down. He does go with the parody, but he's very, very into zombies. And now Bigfoot. Well, he also has done, like, voice acting and stuff in some roles here and there. Like, he's vaguely around in that stuff. That's so, cool. I mean, World War Z was a pretty big hit for him. Yeah, it was. I, I hope this de-evolution is, too. I know a lot of people have been reading it, so... Just wanted to throw that out. There. I can't even think of the last time Bigfoot was on the big screen of theater. Can you imagine a Bigfoot movie going to theaters in, in <laughs> two thousand twenty something? So I this see is it. So this is more randomness from Max Brooks because I don't know why I'm continuing to read stuff on his uh, Wikipedia. He lectures in modern war, um, in modern war at West Point. Oh wow! I'm like, <laughs> huh. Look, I know militaries. My dad made space balls. Let me tell you what's going on. Okay. First, you have you first. You need a dark helmet, and then you need uh, a what a king spork, whatever the king's name is, or the president Sprooks. Perfect. Just God. just the way Nailed I wanted it. to end this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have uh, much else. I think we mentioned all the scenes I wanted to bring up, uh, and and Zenger, I'm glad you. Uh, brought up the animated series <laughs> i'm i i will go back and rewatch it and i will report back and you know what i think i think we should do an episode on it and and then yes begin it with you fool <laughs> <laughs> the oldest trick in the book <laughs> we told you to watch it and you did and the one thing that does also, besides everything else we brought up that takes you out of it, uh, let's just briefly talk about the music. I noticed they did a lot of straight-up parodies of actual Star Wars music, like Yoda's theme is used as almost the Schwartz theme when he's uh, when he's using the Schwartz. This sounds so goddamn stupid. When he's using the Schwartz <laughs> to turn the switch on the vacuum cleaner to from suck to blow. See, we didn't bring that scene up, okay? I somehow brought to that. That's just, it sounds like just like a rework, like how like uh, the TV soundtracks will take a popular song and just kind of rework it a little mm -hmm. bit to where it's not the same thing. They did a lot of that with 
especially in that scene because that is does just sound like Yoda's theme when he's lifting the X-wing out of the swamp. It's, it's just used there, and that is credited to someone named John Morris who did all the music for this. But there's things like Van Halen, the Pointer Sisters, the Spinners, or Deep Purple. Queen is in the soundtrack. Bon Jovi. Yep. Other than that, none of the music is going to make you make you feel Star Warsy at all. Especially the Spaceballs theme. That's the Spinners doing the space. <laughs> we're the Spaceballs. I, I think I think Star Wars needs more of that. And you know what I think would have delivered <laughs> that? Star Wars. You, yeah, if, if there's a chaotic scene where the enemy's base is being destroyed and just a pop song comes telling you what's going on in the film, like it's Scooby-Doo or something. And you know what would have been a perfect outlet for that? Detours. Star Wars detours. Where is it? Find it for me. Someone bring it to me. Yeah. Reform the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> I've heard you oh. talk about detours on this podcast a lot, Zenger, and I have to say I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's uh, Seth. Uh, no, I, I got this. I got this, thing. Russ. He just, I got it's this. A, it's a giant show that's probably going to be terrible, and it's on the show for a reason. What is it, is again, Zenger? Okay, so basically Star Wars detours was, you know the people who did Robot Chicken? Sure. Imagine if they were allowed to play with Star Wars. More so than on Robot Chicken? Yes. Way okay. more they all have a Star Wars, yes. Coherent storyline. They're allowed to use actual characters, the actors, everything. And it's animated. Okay, interesting. And it's going to knock your socks off in 2039 when they finally, everyone, it's like the Kennedy tapes. They have to wait till everyone associated with it is dead, and then they might release it. We don't even know if they will then. So if you, any of us can outlive Seth Green or any of the other Seths involved in animation, then we might be able to see it eventually. So basically, they had, it, it was like 15-minute episodes, but they had like 40-some done or something with like... Oh, wow. Completely over, finished. Completely yeah. finished series. 40-something yeah. episodes. Done. Like, done. Ready to go. 60-some <laughs> scripted. Dated mid-2000s jokes. All ready yeah. to go. Everything. <laughs> Lucas... Thumbs up, on board for this, sells it to Disney, and Disney just goes, slaps a huge, do not resuscitate, mm. throws it into one of their vaults, and then makes everybody involved sign a um, NDA, yeah. and makes me the most pissed off person on the planet, because I feel every, like, the jokes I could make, like, this show was for me. Also, Obi Wan Kenobi is like a pickup artist in it, so just go with that as a <laughs> as as just something something for me to leave you with. So I got an idea to get you. Maybe you can see it. I know Cinematis has a diner. Maybe Knights of Vader needs such like a theme park, and maybe the first ride, <laughs> the first ride in this new Knights of Vader theme park. I'm donning. It's it's like the escape pod that you see multiple times in Spaceballs and in Star Wars. It's a it's it's an escape pod. It's a pod, like a podcast. A pod you go in, and you get to watch detours. But that's it. You just have to go in a pod. You can't film it. You can't. You can tell people about it, but you can't. That's the only way you'll ever see that show. That is a ride. Now it feels like you're in a pod, landing on a planet. And when episode's over, you land on a planet, and you get back in line. And there's forty something episodes. You might see the same one twice, and be like, "Come on, there's forty. How am I seeing this one twice?" But that's the first ride. You know what? I will say this now. And I'm sorry, loyal, very Where's loyal. Where's the fast Vader pass? Heads. Um, <laughs> very, yes, one was the fast pass, but two, I am very sorry to, to, the, to the loyal Vaders out there, the Knights. I don't, I don't know what, what we call our fans, but I am very sorry. If I had the opportunity, if someone 
like approached me. I'm assuming it's Seth Green. So if some short man in a dark suit approached me with violently red hair and said, I can show you detours, but you cannot talk about it to anyone. I'd do it. I'd do it in yeah. a heartbeat. <laughs> it's And it's the most boring ship. And so you just have to sit in that pod. You can bring one friend, maybe. I think two people can fit in one of those things. And that's it. That's the ride. You get to watch a 15-minute episode of Detours, and then you crash in a desert, and you have to, you don't know where you are. <laughs> you're very confused um, about everything. I will take that deal every single time. And people with combs and giant safari hats will bring you back to the beginning of the ride. You can watch the next one. I, I like it. This, is, this seems like it's more uh, under lock and key, at least in this ride setup, than, like, seeing the last supper or going into the vatican or something like that <laughs> sometimes the guys with the comb find you sometimes the dink dinks find you it's a it's a different ride every time different episode maybe sometimes maybe the same episode which is the the terror of it all <laughs> <laughs> i i approve i don't know if i have say in uh, the knights of vader theme park but i approve <laughs> i yeah, approve well, it's just, if it it's just, just been allows constructed. me to see it Zach is unaware. We can make whatever we want. So, yeah, we've started our own thing. Now there's a, this, a theme park, and that's where we're going from here. <laughs> Tune in in two months when the next episode comes out. We continue the theme park. When Zach comes back and plows over it and puts up Cinemati's uh, uh, sister location and just blows it up, but keeps the secret Zanger ride just for him to stay. <laughs> yeah, just for Zanger, yep. It's my it's office. It's just a room with a little TV, but we tell him it's a ride. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, he can't. He can't pave over the underground tunnels. <laughs> you can't pave over if it's underground. <laughs> oh, so uh, any any final thoughts on spaceballs uh, from anybody? Uh, it was it was good to watch it again. Yeah. I won't show it to my children for a while, but it was good to watch it again. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like what I, five this, years this... old? They could watch it. I think that's a good age. <laughs> I was about to say, this one out of say, all the Mel Brooks, 17. <laughs> out of all the Mel Brooks movies, this one is, I think, the uh, mildest. Yeah, I, by I far. would agree. Yeah. By far. Yeah, and for a Star Wars, it's a hard R. Uh, my final thoughts on this are, uh, Mel Brooks, you know, older man, he grew up in the 40s, 50s. Grow up loving the Universal movies, loving Universal monsters, loving Frankenstein. Made a movie, a great parody movie called Young Frankenstein, mm -hmm. about a movie and a movie genre he had seen thousands of times, loved every inch of it, could recite the entire thing. And that is where the genius of things like Young Frankenstein and, the, and Blazing Saddles. He grew up with westerns, horror movies. And then... The world turns to Star Wars, and he's an old man. He doesn't know what's going on with it. <laughs> he goes in, watches... I don't know which one he watched. I guess he just watched Star Wars and maybe some of Return of the Jedi to get yeah. Pizza the Hut. No one gets carbon froze, anything. He could have made a lot of goofy references about things. Didn't, because he just went in with, yeah, yeah, I've watched a few sci-fi movies and go in. But even though that I think that's the case, I do have the nostalgia of liking this movie, mm -hmm. and it's okay. I don't, I'll watch it again in 20 years <laughs> okay right on uh so concludes this episode of the knights of helmet i guess this is the point of the podcast where we can uh tell everybody where to find us when they're waiting the next six years for the next episode of knights of vader so uh is this before or after don't you get a moment of zang 
Zanger? Oh, no, that's that's at the very that's end. That's the very end. Okay, thank you, thank yeah. you. So I guess I will throw it over to you, Russ, then. Uh, when you are not watching Spaceballs every day and showing it to your children at 17 weeks old, that's how I took your response, uh, where can people hear you? Very good. Very uh, good. You can check out my show, The Unbelievers Podcast. We have a new episode that came out probably, I don't know, I don't know when this is coming out. We just did an interview with a guy named Keith Aram, who directed a movie called The Phoenix Incident, and he's a huge name in video games and directing of Call of Duty games, all kind of stuff. It was really exciting talking to him about making a found footage movie about the Phoenix Lights. So check that out, and that's it. Right on, right on. Uh, Zinger, how about you? When you're when you're not uh, wa- scrubbing through Spaceballs and... I guess not telling us about detours. Where can other, everybody hear you? Spaceball. Well, there's there's never a time I'm not telling people about detours. But <laughs> in in between breaths, you can find me on Zingness talking about nerdy topics every week. And I will throw this out there real quick because I'm gonna plug 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 when I can. Uh, if you go to www.amazontrial.com/slash/zingness, all one word, uh, you could check out that. The Evolution book um, yourself, the audiobook, has some great uh, voice actors in it. So go check that out. And of course, check out my podcast for some nerdy topics. Right on. And of course, I am Rob. You can hear me on the Cinemodities podcast, where I'm going to try and match this up when we are talking about High Anxiety, another Mel Brooks film. So if you want to know about an earlier Mel Brooks fr- film, uh, 77, same year as Star Wars, talking about Hitchcock and thrillers, check that out. Or you can find me in Manhattan at the Cinemodities restaurant, which is totally real. That's all you need to know. Thank you guys for joining us for this Knights of Vader discussion on Spaceballs. I'm glad we finally got it out of the way, even though I think you've been thinking about it for years. And with that being said, Zanger, would you like to have the floor for your moment of Zang, if you have one? Druidia. 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 Is it? Yep. (laughs) That's it. Well, Druidia, everybody. Until next time, (laughs) Druidia.